While the elusive sky whale has few known natural predators due to its size and its capacity for flight, it must nevertheless be cautious. Few is not zero, and the predators that would make a meal out of a sky whale are dangerous indeed. Although very little is known about their breeding practices, sky whale calves are born with the ability to fly. They spend the first several years of their life being no more than 1,000 feet from their mothers. Then, almost as if a switch is flipped when the calves turn five, they depart to live their own solitary life. Even though it is a natural part of their life cycle, the mother's cries can be heard several days after the calf's departure. No sky whale has ever been seen with more than one calf during its lifetime. While it is unknown exactly how long these creatures live, conservative estimates based on historical sightings put the figure at well over 500 years. If you decide to venture out in an attempt to see one of these majestic animals, be sure to bring someone along with you who is in worse shape than you are, just in case there are predators about. Until next time, may the day greet you with the potential of a runic sunrise and fill you with the wonder of a runic sunset. Hi, Nathan. Hi. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Hello. We're here together for an episode of Reckless Attack. Yeah. Yay. Woo. Really, I'm trying to like build you up and then bring you down and yeah. then build you up. And then I feel like that's just going to like. Why are you playing with my emotions, Nathan? <laughs> because I can. <laughs> but hey, we're a Reckless Attack. This is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Actual play. I hit that really weirdly hard. And I apologize to everyone. I am Dungeon Master Nathan here to once again lead our intrepid adventurers forward unto danger and adventure and hopefully heroism and loot. But it's mostly the the danger and the heroism, but mostly the danger right where we catch them at this exact moment. But before we get into the nitty gritty who's gonna die details, to my right is... Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Asterlin, the Dragonborn Monk. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and use it. He's in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Remains a pickle. Yes. Um, so we, uh, uh, however, uh, I, I might be breaking out some uh, Selv-like sayings. Since this, this uh, creature that we happen to be fighting this time around seems to be a bit more talkative than some of the other ones. So there might be a little uh, banter back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. You get into a battle of wits yeah. with this creature as well. <laughs> you know what? One might, because there's a less chance of getting smacked in a battle of wits. I or guess. burned. Uh, well, physically. Well, you could get burned. Yeah, actually. You could, mm-hmm. get burned. could get burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as always, to my right. Hi, I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who is feeling a lot more timid than usual mm-hmm. after the event of last episode. 
I don't think he's felt this way in many, many years <laughs> <laughs> at this point. So I, David, the player, am figuring out how to handle this. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Interesting role-playing opportunities. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. But right now, it's just Mango, because Junior is sitting on top of Kaskarin's head. <laughs> what a good time that is yeah right two-thirds of a stack mm-hmm. not even yeah the stack is in different places the right stack now Stack is disassembled i know i know it's terrible but don't talk to me about stack disassembly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, come here, yeah. I come here to, for fun yeah. not for work yeah. as real world begins yeah. to encroach yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. there's there's a lot of people at this table and four listeners who are very into that joke <laughs> <laughs> but checkers is having a pretty good time actually as this horrible monstrous <laughs> undead is face to face with them and he's just looking at it going Wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> what an experience. Yeah, right. Haven't done this yet. <laughs> uh, but that that's how Checkers is doing. Psycho. And <laughs> just like, Bruh. wow. Yeah, right. This is great. But let's find out how Sophie's doing. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain, who has an unbridled rage. <laughs> rage. And, and rage. a traitorous spirit inside of her. The rage is blocking out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think about that right now. Mm. Rage. Got rage. Yeah. Well, actually, that's, that was a question. Mm-hmm. Is it like an unbridled rage or is it like a Val rage? So as of right now, it is not so much that you have like lost all faculties. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are still in control of your actions, but it's more of just like a physiological response where it's like fight or flight has been triggered in the two of you and for one of you in Kaskarin it is a little bit a flight slash freeze mm-hmm. to the point where it's like I I might do my arms always feel like this oh my god what's happening and for you it is that like you realize you're not able to like fully concentrate in the same way that you were and you're not making the same quite the same decisions but you just feel all that like adrenaline coursing through your body and you are ready to fight Great. Good. That's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> For now, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. So why why are we asking all of these questions? Well, well, dear listener, we're in the middle of a pretty intense fight. The Guilders have gone out to try and rescue or discover or whatever verb is appropriate what happened to the lost members of the Bones who did not return from their patrol, except save one, who came back untethered, essentially a wild, undead creature bent on murdering as many living beings as humanly possible. They ventured out with the fortunate and tried to track them down and mostly succeeded, found one of the patrol members, but also found the creature that had apparently done the untethering. You managed to stop them from going after The fortunate you think, hopefully, you have them boxed in, but now it has turned its full attention onto the adventuring guild in front of it. It has made a couple of strange knowing remarks. It has commented about the Eternal Citadel. It has spoken about a strange traitorous spirit inside of Val. It even referenced the worms in talking about self. 
and it hasn't seen checkers. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be its undoing, I think. And, th- and that, I think, will be what the key of the everything. I had, I, had, I had snarky remarks for everyone but you. <laughs> um, but three of the guilders are somewhat around this creature. Checkers is face to face, up a tree with a horrible, like slathering undead creature who seems about ready to use its grieved hands to rip him limb from limb. <laughs> um, so it's weird for everyone, but to make it weirder, Kaskrin and Val have each individually swapped their wisdom and strength scores. So with that. Let's drop back into initiative, everybody. That was the end. It's it's act was swapping around your uh, your stats. Self managed to save uh, again, just from an intelligence saving throw, actually, which is bad for I think everyone in the party, basically. Above average, not great, but above average. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like there's no. Everyone has some intelligence. Well, not everyone. He said, looking over at checkers. Um, <laughs> not ever. Ooh, wait, hold on. Yes. Roll me an intelligence check for Junior. 16, but I don't know what Junior's actual intelligence is. What's it's a frog? It's probably- Minus five. <laughs> ah, so 11. Uh, so now it has a minus five to wisdom and only a minus one to strength. Wow. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what a weird thing to have happened he to a frog. Swole. He swole. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I'm so impressed. He has, yeah. he has now the strength of a weak human. <laughs> <laughs> Just to latch on to Kaskrin. I was going to say, and you can play it as you will, but it's like, that's a very over-torqued frog. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of those of like, you know, when, when athletes get like too buff yeah. and then suddenly they're like, their ligaments fly off because <laughs> their muscles are too strong. Mm. I'm not going to say that will happen to Junior, but that's what I worry. <laughs> Where just suddenly you feel a rock on your head, Casper, <laughs> of just pure unadulterated. I just imagine muscle. it's nice. it's Junior's limbs and like little digits just get so swole, but his body stays the same. Yeah. So so Cash oh. just feels like this grip. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. My head, horrible. It's bad. All of it's bad. Um, but is now extremely unwise, <laughs> even for a frog. Mm. I guess, huh? Mm. Weird. Also, I would just like to paint the mental picture I'm seeing now of Val's battle mood changing. I was gonna say let's let's do a nice reset. And Sophie, if you could please just bring us into the scene. I don't know if I can do that, but in my <laughs> mind, previously, what Val's battle music was like originally scored by <laughs> the Amadeus film, like okay. Mozart in Amadeus, Got it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it is scored by the flaming guitarist hanging off of a truck from Mad Max. Yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, I that, mean, that yeah. is the vibe. We that all a picture. Must witness Val. Yes. Like, in this yeah. moment. <laughs> truly. Where'd she get that chrome spray paint? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's all I just needed everyone to know. That. Yeah, and Kaskrin, how are you feeling at the moment? <laughs> yeah, so. Kaskrin is now truly feeling both the weight of responsibility and of his own very heavy armor. <laughs> yep. He has dropped in strength so drastically that he's just like, was I always this heavy? <laughs> and he can like barely hold himself up, but he is like 
almost 60 feet away from this smoke creature and can barely bring himself to move any closer. It's just like looking at it as if it's like the first, like it's like so far, it's like unreachable <laughs> just from where he is. And dear listener, you should know that we had three people individually all Googling what it meant to have a strength score not high enough to be wearing <laughs> yeah, your armor. I, in fact, cannot wear my own armor. Yes, which is good and great. But he's a dwarf, so it yeah, kind of doesn't, doesn't matter. matter but whatever. But is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wouldn't like it. Uh, Steve, how's Self doing? It's a good question. He got the blessings of the Eternal Citadel, so uh, he's feeling okay True. right now. And the initial plan of preventing this creature from getting to uh, the fortunate is working. <laughs> True. So we're in good shape, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's Lovely. going fantastic mm-hmm. and according to plan. Good. Great. And I'm sure Checkers is fine. Uh, yeah. By himself. Checkers, as you... Checkers can bounce away from anything that's land-based, so I'm... <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah, exactly. About no worries. As you hear a horrific <laughs> screaming yeah. echoing from deeper into yeah, the forest. Uh, I haven't seen checkers in a little bit, though, in, in, in several uh, several rounds. So, but the um, frog is still on Casgrin's head. So. Yes. So checkers is still alive. We we do know that, and uh, I don't know what it means when Selv will notice that the frog is totally buff now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, like Checkers wasn't clear on what, you know, <laughs> if the frog disappears, Checkers is dead. Okay, but the frog hasn't disappeared, but now it's like super, super buff, and I don't know what that actually it means It may have for doubled checkers. in size because of its muscles. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, is Checkers, like, huge now? I don't know. It's something we're just going to have to find out by playing. Junior has such low wisdom now that he hopped off of Casper's head and straight into combat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was imagining that too. Was like, uh, is that what's gonna? Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine. I would imagine not even Checkers has read the Junior user manual yeah. and owner's manual, so mm. like he would not have given oh, it Val, to you all. Val would read that before Checkers. Yeah. Did. Oh, yeah. right, true. Um, and you're you're having a great time. Yeah, Checkers is like actively giggling. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't for the fact that the large undead is like literally bellowing in his face, he would give it a high five. <laughs> well, you know, that seems like a great mm-hmm. use of your first turn. But let's jump in, shall we? We are at the top of the order. Closest to it is Selv. And then a little bit further back, about 40 feet, is Val uh, of the, excuse me, the candlelight smoke creature about 50 ish feet away is Kaskrin, and then some sizable distance away at this juncture is checkers face to face with an untethered member of the bones and you know that the fortunate is running so self will as he's kind of facing off against it will say master bow used to say the wise mortal knows when feasting to not eat so quickly that you choke. He is going to breathe a little bit into his hand and a what looks like an icy fang appears in his hand and he is going to use Fangs of the Frost Wolf, which is essentially the ice knife spell. Cool. Nice. I am going to throw this fang at the creature and it's a two-hit roll. Uh, We'll see if this hits. So two on the die, yeah, that's going to be a total of seven. Nope. So the, the Frost Fang itself misses. Uh, however, there's a a slight second where you just see Selv kind of go, mm, and then it detonates. <laughs> um, 
So what I need is a dexterity save from this creature. Okay. It's decent dex. That is a failure. Oh, yes. nice. nice. Excellent. So it is going to take 2d6 cold damage. Ooh. That's a total of nine. Nice. That's nice. awesome. It takes a little bit more damage than you would expect. And then Selv will actually move back to try to keep then Val and himself between this creature and the, the fortunate. So this creature kind of like you see the smoke that was previously swirling around it just kind of divert around the fang that you that you throw at it. And then as it passes, it detonates behind. And then there's just this like big rush of cold air and like shrapnel, I guess, that like explodes into it. And you can hear this like hiss sound that the creature makes in response. Ooh, is it that like hiss when you start pouring water on embers? Just it is a combination of like it is that plus a, a creature a creature sound. Okay. Like mixed together. Cool. So you just hear checkers. <laughs> nice. As this large undead creature is just standing, having rushed up the tree next to him, he is going to actually drop off the tree. He's going to move away and just jump off the branch taking an attack of opportunity from this untethered creature. Okay. I'm so scared for checkers. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're here to find out. Hits. I rolled a three on the die, so that's 82 points (laughs) of damage. (laughs) Okay. Hope this doesn't hit. Natural one. Yay! Uh, So you see this gauntleted fist not just reach out at you, Uh but reach out and try to grab you. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> and you know that if it had hit, uh-huh. you would not have been going anywhere. That's what I was afraid of. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Which is great. So <laughs> what Checkers is going to do is he's going to drop down from the tree and land on top of Mango. And you hear this scream of mm-hmm. fury and anger as you mm-hmm. just barely escape, escape his grasp. Checkers is going to start vigorously rubbing the top of Mango's head and you can just all see this little, like, crackle of what looks like electricity starting to form around Mango. He's going to cast the spell Jump. <laughs> sure. 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 Which, yep, which triples Mango's jump speed. Great. Good. Cool. Checkers is going to turn over towards <laughs> the untethered and do that, like, taunting face where you, like, pull your eyelid down with one <laughs> finger and then just do, like, a, a tongue. But he's going to do... He's going to pull the eyelid down with his tongue and just oh go, no. <laughs> catch this, and slaps Mango. Let's go, boy. And Mango rockets up into the <laughs> air 30 feet straight up with his tripled jump speed. Oh, my God. <laughs> will, he, will, gonna... will he be able to survive the falling damage? He's going to latch onto a tree up in the That's forest. That's reasonable. Um, yeah. I'm going to trust that you've done all of this math mm-hmm. already because... I know that you have been scheming yeah. these sort of exact <laughs> interactions for upwards of maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so what's going to happen is Checkers is going to command Mango to dash, and Mango is going to jump another 30 feet. I'm imagining, like, kind of perpendicular to where the party is, so as to not just bring the untethered back to the party, but to try and move or distract the untethered and pull it away from the rest of the okay. party. Well jumpy boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. A triply jumpy boy. I am, uh, I'd like to retract my level up. 
No. <laughs> a couple episodes ago. I think it's too many, too much, yeah. too many options, mm-hmm. too many frog options. Mm-hmm. And um, you've lost frog privileges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it is the creature's turn. Well, now no one is close. And yet everyone is close. Sophie, could you roll me a... Would you like odds or even? And would you like even to be a, a good result? <laughs> yes. Okay. Could you could you roll me a, a dice? Any dice. Anything that has both odds and evens on it, <laughs> which is all the dice. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to use a d12 because like, no one uses a and, d12. And see who says that our game has no player choice in it. <laughs> Sophie got to choose the dice of her destruction. It's a 10. Okay. Sorry, Cass. Uh, it's not, hey, yeah, not Cascarin. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Itself. Okay. Sorry, but you, so. you guys are also close together anyway, so it's not so bad for this creature. Selv, you see this thing start to reform from the ice shrapnel that, you know, kind of destabilized it a little bit. Even though you're moving farther away... All of its appendages, from what you can make out, are facing no direction and every direction all at once. But what is unmistakable is when this thing rushes up straight to you and says, I'm not done with you yet. I will have your mind. You will feel what I wish you to feel. And it's going to do a bunch of damage to you, hopefully. That is an 18 to hit. That'll hit. So you take six points of slashing damage and two points of fire damage. As Selv takes the damage from the slashing and the fire, there is an instant where this almost translucent golden mannequin flashes in front of him, and he's holding what appears to be a buckler. In that instant where the creature slashes Selv, the mannequin deflects the blow just enough so it doesn't hit something vital, and the five temporary HP from the servant protects Selv just a little bit before the mannequin dissipates. Kick ass. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Attack number two, Selv. Mm -hmm. Ooh, much worse. A 14 to hit. Level four Selv, that misses. Hey! Nice. Final attack. So, as these two, these first two attacks were just hands and claws, again, pretty well-muscled, reaching out and just trying to rip at you, and you can feel the heat coming from this smoky thing. And then, with one of its arms still holding its strange black staff with a jewel atop of it, it comes swinging across to hit you. Ooh, an 18 to hit. That'll hit. Could you make me strength saving throw, please? Sure. That's a total of 15. You take seven points of fire damage as this thing tries to physically beat you to the ground and knock you prone. And again, this it's almost like a huge overhand swing. Imagine like the worst version of someone beating someone who is lesser than them of just someone raising a cane over their head and trying to bring it down onto the back of someone else to knock them low but while Selv is struck Selv 
does not fall. And you see Self still standing there. Hell yeah, so. <laughs> so Kaskrin is struggling with the, you know, the weight of his armor, the weight of the sort of like the energy, the will to fight has just been drained from him. He takes a step forward and stumbles to a knee, trying to to push himself to get closer to this creature. You know, he knows that he has to go fight, but he can't bring himself to do so. In that moment, he musters just what little will he has. And in response to the creature, he says, well, we're not done with you either. Using his whole turn, he's going to cast Stone Forming and Catapult at level 2, He takes both his hands and digs them into the earth, flinging as much stone and earth as he can in one motion. And from the ground comes a large stone javelin. And in sort of the back of your mind, you can hear this twang of ballista as the the javelin just flies full force towards this creature. Awesome. Dexterity save, right? Yes. That's a failure. Yes. Nice. He's going to take 48 points of damage. Oh Ow. My God. <laughs> D8? Oh, 4D8. Yeah, I like, no, I, it took I me a second too, but. Oh, yeah. man. <sighs> okay. I definitely will take back that level four level up if it was 48 <laughs> points of damage. He will take four <laughs> D8 points of damage. Take a D8 and then roll it four times. That's oh, okay. the amount of damages. That's a good roll, though. That's going to be. 22 points of damage as this javelin just takes him out from the side. At this, you also again hear a a scream from this creature, just of surprise of, of pain as it calls out and says, You will not best me, you pawn of the citadel. They are weak and you are weak and you will know it. It is now the untethered who is chasing Checkers' turn. And boy, Mm. what a strange turn of events (laughs) that this individual (laughs) has seen. He's going to take a move, and he's going to make an athletics check Mm -hmm. to long jump to the next tree. It wouldn't be to your tree, uh, because you are like 30 feet away, and it Mm. doesn't have frog level jump, but it has quite good acrobatics. I'm sure. So it is trying to jump to the next tree. Ooh. <laughs> Natural one. Oh. So I'm going to say that this creature in its frenzy runs onto a branch uh-huh. and the branch breaks as it's trying to desperately chase. And you can see it is absolutely hauling ass Mm -hmm. to do a horrifying jump at you, but the branch just gives way just in time, and it takes four points of damage as it falls and is knocked prone. (laughs) (laughs) But that is its turn, which is a real bummer. (laughs) I promise these things are very badass. (laughs) I'm sure. That's why I'm explicitly trying to get away from it. Yep, very fair. (laughs) Valeska Carter, it is your turn. And you are feeling juiced. Yeah. What would you like to do? Val is going to... Does she have enough movement to get within 30 feet of self? Yes. They're in melee combat, so... Okay. So she will run directly towards the creature. And as she gets within range of self, cast Bless on herself and self. 
Okay, what does it what does it look like as Val is charging and blessing and moving and all of these things? What all what else what else is she up to? She starts with a purposeful walk towards the creature, awesome. which has been very contradictory to what she's been doing. She's been like side running mm-hmm. away at a diagonal, trying to like flank this creature. But all of a sudden, she plants her feet in the ground, and she takes a breath. But then the breath keeps getting deeper and deeper as she's walking purposely forward. And as she does, you see her grab a small vial in her pouch and break it with her hand as she grabs her ukwala. She takes it from her back and slings it forward as she walks past Selv with the holy water, spraying the both of them and casting Bless as she does. And then she keeps walking forward with her Yukwala pointed down and behind her. And as she gets past Selv, breaks into a sprint directly for the smoke creature. Cool. Yep. Great. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Good. Hell yeah. (laughs) Glad I as, asked. <laughs> as you run past, or as you move past Selv. You uh, can clearly tell. <laughs> um, Selv at, at first is like, Bella. And then has that kind of like head cocked, confused dog look yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his face. And he's like, is that really what you want to Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the initiative order is the fortunate. The fortunate keeps running but again anyone who is who is looking and honestly probably no one at this juncture mm-hmm. but you can see that they keep looking behind their shoulder at you guys and that brings us to the end of the round and you know what that means mm. no boom the thing happens oh get these things out of here so i think what it's going to do is it is just going to explode with fire once more. <laughs> I would like the now two closest individuals, who are Val and Self, to roll me a constitution saving throw, please. Come on, it can't even be strength. Nope. <laughs> with, the, with the D4, though. Yes, yes, we do have a D4. You are blessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not blessed enough? No. <laughs> Fifteen. Six. Val, you save. Self, you do not. You take six points of fire damage. Yeah, uh, Selv is not looking fantastic. I would imagine okay. not. But he's still but there. still standing. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A Foul Light Shines, 
Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike including folks you might recognize, like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with Season 1 and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger, or jump into Season 2 and listen to a new story about a terrible, corrupting sound that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek... Him? Speaking of self, there is a self who is in melee combat with this creature. There is a fortunate running in the distance. There is a supercharged frog jumping <laughs> in between trees, escaping from a comically fallen, untethered. A Val is charging in extremely <laughs> close to this melee combat. And there is a Kaskarin who is like, just trying to fight through his, like, not even fear, but just whatever it is mm -hmm. that is slowing him down. But Selv, it is your turn. What would you like uh, to do? So remind me, is drinking a potion a bonus action? Yes, or it action? is. It's a bonus action. A home rule. I don't think we've Excellent. talked about it. I don't think it's, has it come up yet? Ooh. I don't think. Uh, it, it have might we in have, combat I... done a potion? I think in the Grung fight. Because they all mm, looked pretty that, rough. That seems, that seems <laughs> like it yeah. would have happened. But yes, as a reminder, uh, especially for healing potions, it is a bonus action to consume. In that case, Selv is going to take one attack with his staff uh, against the creature since it's right there. Mm -hmm. 13 to hit. That's a miss. Okay. Uh, smoke swirls around your fist and you make no solid contact. Yeah. Uh, and then he is going to uh, grab a potion from his side and drink it. It is a, a healing potion. Four and four. Hey, nice. pretty good. Eight, so 10 hit points back. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're, uh, we needed that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I am going to use another key point to do patient defense. Um, oh, I, I, used, I used my bonus action, didn't I? Yes, you did. Then I'm still going to take a defensive stance, which has no <laughs> mechanical uh, benefit or penalty whatsoever, but I'm going to have the staff out in front of me and attempt to block some incoming stuff. I, the way you were waving your hand and describing your, you waggling this, the staff was like, look over here, <laughs> the staff, over here, over here, which is just what I'm going to imagine now. Uh, yeah. Checkers, it is your turn. Absolutely. So the words that Kaskrin said that yelled through the forest are echoing in his head, fall back, there's something dangerous here. And Checkers is taking that to heart by continuing to try and distract the untethered and keep enough distance so that the untethered can't just immediately get to him but not get so far out ahead that the untethered just loses interest totally so he is continuing to try and lead the untethered away from the party by having mango jump along the trees 
as a bonus action, Checkers is going to command Mango to continue to dash, and Mango is just going to keep jumping along the trees in a way that stays in sight of the untethered, but doesn't get too close. Totally. Checkers is going to pull out a piece of paper and a crayon and begin drawing furiously <laughs> as his action. Okay. <laughs> and that's my turn. It is the creature's turn. As an action, it once again bends its strange staff like a bow and plucks it as a third hand extends towards Val. Val, I would like you to make a wisdom saving throw, please. I have advantage on this. You do. But it's bad. And, and, a, and a bless. Yeah. That's not good. That's a 11. You are now affected with a version of compelled duel. Uh, I just... I would like to say I was going to do protection from good and evil on Val, and then I got within range of self, and I changed my mind, and I should have stuck to my guns. Well, bad news. <laughs> um, so you must attack it. Yes. As in your, in your mind, in your heart, and in that place that stirred at the beginning of combat that told you that when it talked about a traitor spirit, it was in a way talking about you. And now you must attack this creature on your turn, no matter what. Okay. As a bonus action, it is going to reach out and claw itself again. 18 on the die, though. <sighs> oh, jeez. Wow. Man. Six points of slashing damage and two points of fire damage. And Val, you hear this creature say to you, I will take great joy in ripping out what lives inside you and dragging it back to where it belongs. And that is what kicks on your intense feeling. But that's the end of his turn. Kaskrin. Kaskrin spent, like, literally everything he had last turn. Fair. All, all of the spells, <laughs> all of his will to fight, and is now just, like, watching Selv and Velasca, like, 2v1 this thing. Yeah. He raises his arm and throws an Eldritch Blast at it, but it's almost not to do damage. It's just to try to get some, like... It, it's to show kind of like the Citadel that he can still fight, that he can still serve as a warlock. Natural one. No! <laughs> he is like just so drained and just like looking at this thing. The javelin veers off and flies into the forest, nowhere near the creature. I'm just imagining like he even just tries to summon it and then like it just vanishes in midair. Yeah. Like he's just, there's just not even enough energy left in the Kaskrin to even get to this thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just like, it occurred to me of like the opposite, the opposite of what Val is feeling is almost the end of an adrenaline high. You know, have you ever, have you ever gotten yeah. that like hyper stressed whatever thing? And then like 20 minutes later, you're like, oh my God, I've never been more tired mm -hmm. and never been more drained. And that is also kind of an interesting potential component that Cass is also yeah. feeling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Based off what you're describing. Yeah. Kaskrin takes just another single step forward, and that's his turn. Okay. It is the Untethered's turn. Mm. I, honestly, mm -hmm. I, I think what's interesting is that you are moving quickly. You're staying within reach. You're staying within sight lines. Yeah. And so all it can do, it is, it is fast enough that it 
comically <laughs> has it double moves yeah. and starts climbing the tree that you're in. Yeah. But that's all it can do. Like it's still only able to get like ten feet up off the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> Val when the creature calls out, mm-hmm. says that to her, though it compels her to duel, reminds her a bit of who she is. Mm-hmm. And she slackens her grip on her equality. She doesn't drop it, but realizes that's not her. And she will call forth her spiritual weapon, which will get within range and make an attack with that. Okay. Ooh. 17 on the die. That'll do it. Nice, nice, nice. I don't get any bonuses to the damage, though. But it's still an eight on the die. Wow. wow. Kerthunk. That will not be changed by this creature. And knowing who she is will cast Healing Word on self. Ooh. You can't. That's a bonus action. Yeah, healing word. Fuck <laughs> me. Do you have, and do you have the other healing one? Any cure, cure I did attack, but the problem is my wisdom mm-hmm. is low. Uh, but you know what I have? Magic missile. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You know, that's fucking perfect. That's a smart move, which would be based off of intelligence. (laughs) That is that is also extremely Val. Like being like, "Fuck you." Yeah, Yeah, I can't use my normal magic, but I'll use this magic instead. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. Uh, So, with magic missile, it's three darts. Uh, If you guess it at first level. And then for every spell slot above it, it adds an additional one missile. I hate this thing so much. For second level. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So that is four. 44. Roll good. Roll good. Oh. Uh, one, oh. two, three, and four. <laughs> yeah. The whole okay. okay. Uh, right so down the middle. Eight. So that's 14 points of damage. Ooh. Val? Yes. What happens? When you kill this creature. Hmm. Val again goes back to that moment where this creature's words hit her like were a physical blow almost to her therefore with the lack of better phrasing, like to what you imagine like your soul would be. Yeah. And those words snapped her out of this frenzy she was getting riled into and centered her and her spirit to say if I will go into this fight it will be how I Valeska Carter would do it so she calls forth her chalice and it just swings at it and almost knocks it down Mm -hmm. to a knee and then as she remembers again and has that confidence almost restored in herself without her wisdom she is still smart she is still Val her wisdom does not define her and she does drop her equala touches her shield with her holy symbol and Sel would see her grab 
the chalice. But instead of the chalice being drawn out of it, these four, they almost look like claws coming out of her hand, but then she tosses them forward towards this creature and they go directly into the center where that candlelight is and they snuff it out. The creature, fallen forward, is impacted by your missiles, all four of them. Each time it hits, the flame gets a little smaller and a little smaller. And the last one hits, and for the first time you see it flicker, like truly flicker instead of just dim and dim and dim. The creature teeters, and in a voice that all three of you can hear, it says, There will be more. The war is upon us. And what a glorious war it will be. And then the gem on the staff explodes. At the same time, almost imperceptibly, like it happens so quickly you can't process it. The monster is gone. Just dissipates entirely. There's a moment of silence, and then you hear a screaming of an undead creature (laughs) (laughs) in the background. Checkers. Checkers. (laughs) So you hear a jostling of trees. You hear a horrible scream as the space in front of you is now empty. Checkers, can you just describe the scene of what they might see in the far distance? Maybe for the first time, this whole combat. Yeah. So what I'm imagining is, you know, basically, as this untethered is trying to climb up the tree, it sees kind of falling next to it, this small piece of paper with a badly drawn image of the untethered just like flat on its face with a bunch of broken branches next to it and a little frog face in the corner. And then in a few seconds later, the three guilders would see... Atop the trees, a green tree frog just bouncing along the top until it finally lands in the clearing where everyone is. Hey guys, I made a new friend. And with that, (laughs) we'll see you all next week for questions, for answers, for still problems to be solved. But those are problems for next week's adventurers. Thanks you all for listening. We'll see you then. Mm. You did it!